Walkim, the world's leading manufacturer and innovator of water treatment controllers and metering pumps, has just released Walkim Fluent. Fluent, a cloud-based software tool for more easily managing your water treatment services. Fluent provides streamlined remote monitoring and control, data management, and alarm capabilities, including escalating notifications. Save time and stress by learning more about Fluent. You're sure to love it, and so will your customers. Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash Walkim to find out more. Walkim, turning real water treatment problems into solutions for you and your customers. Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast where we're scaling up on our knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. Hello, Scaling Up Nation. Trace Blackmore here, your host for Scaling Up H2O, everybody's favorite podcast about the industrial water treatment industry. Folks, I got to tell you, I love doing this podcast and I just love getting questions from the audience. I love getting technical questions, but I also love getting questions about how we do things on the show or how I feel about certain things or what I do in order to learn something else. So that's what today's show is going to be about. We're going to hear from some Scaling Up members, their questions, and they're just asking some general personal questions about how things get done with either Scaling Up H2O or with Trace Blackmore. So I hope you enjoy this show as much as I am enjoying making it. You know, I tell you, I love it so much because it tells me if people are curious about that kind of stuff, it means you really are enjoying the show. So that means I'm doing my job correctly. So thank you for that. Before we get into those questions, I want to talk about some of the things that we have going on. And, and listen, we have so much stuff going on. First thing we'll talk about, we talked about it last week. We're going to probably talk about it each and every week because I'm really excited about it, is the Association of Water Technologies Convention. It is a virtual convention. It is going to be September 30th through October 2nd. Folks, if you want to learn more about this virtual convention and you did not listen to last week's show, well, after you listen to this show, go ahead and go to the previous show and the president of AWT, Tom Branville, tells us everything we wanted to know and didn't know to ask about this year's convention. Also coming up, we have WEFTEC, and if you don't know, WEFTEC stands for Water Environment Federation Technical Exhibit and Conference. That is going on the week right after AWT, October 5th through 9th. It is a virtual convention, and I know a lot of you have already signed up for that. A lot of you go to that each and every year. Going to be a little different this year. What isn't different in 2020? Let's face it. Uh, but it is a virtual convention, and you can still register for that show if you are interested. Now, during the exact same time, Industrial Water Week is October 5th through 9th. So that's right where we're coming off AWT, the same time as WEFTEC. This is an entire week of holiday celebration 
where we are celebrating being an industrial water treater. And as always, on Scaling Up H2O, we are going to be doing something special each and every day to celebrate Industrial Water Week. Now, you might have forgotten what are the days of Industrial Water Week, so your friend Trace Blackmore is here to remind you. Of course, we're going to celebrate pre-treatment on Monday, boilers on Tuesday, cooling on Wednesday, wastewater on Thursday, and then we wrap it up with careers on Friday. Now, this year, I am super excited about Industrial Water Week because we have paired with Industrial Water Week's founder, James McDonald. And James is helping us through the power of this podcast, make sure that we have the biggest celebration possible for all of us out there being industrial water treaters. Just because we've got COVID, just because we have a weird 2020, it is all the reason in the world that we are gonna blow Industrial Water Week out. We are gonna make this the best Industrial Water Week ever. We've got lots of things that we're working on with James that I know that you are gonna love. We're gonna make sure we include more on social media and encourage you to do the same thing. We're all gonna be hashtagging pictures. We're gonna be baking cakes. Folks, I've got recipes for you for Industrial Water Week. So I know everybody wants to know what cake recipe I'm gonna share with you with that. So lots of things coming up. Now, last month, we celebrated Legionella Awareness Month. I don't know if that's the right thing to say. Celebrated, I don't know. But we, we held Legionella Awareness Month. And the reason that we did that in August was normally the NSF hosts the Legionella Conference at the end of every August. And of course, just like everything else, COVID happened and they moved the date. Now, NSF decided not to do this virtually. They actually moved the date to January 20th through 22nd. It's still going to be in Chicago, but since normally it's in August, we had an entire month dedicated to learning more about Legionella. We had some experts come on. We really talked about what we should know as professional water treaters with Legionella. Of course, that's not all we should know. We should always be learning more about every topic in water treatment, but especially Legionella. And then the last episode of the month, we answered your questions. Now, it's my hope that that was your springboard to start learning everything you can about that topic. And Legionella is one of those topics that we're always learning more about. So there's always something to learn. And folks, let me tell you, there is always somebody to teach it to. Now, a question that came from the Scaling Up Nation, and one of the questions, my first question that I'm going to answer today is a member of the Scaling Up Nation asked me when I did the question and answer show the very last episode of August, what did I mean when I said that we could end Legionnaire's disease? And is this really possible? So I wanted to talk a little bit about this because I really feel passionate about us being industrial water treaters and us being a conduit 
for information to our customers. Now, maybe I was speaking for effect, but I really think that the population does not know enough about Legionella bacteria. I think building owners don't understand what they should when it comes to Legionella bacteria. And I think a lot of people just simply refuse to learn more or do anything because they don't have to because it's not a law where they live or they just simply don't understand it and they don't wish to care to understand it better. There are those people out there. I know they're out there. I hope there are a few, but I know they're out there. So as an industrial water treater, I truly believe that if we change these things and these people's minds that I just mentioned, we've got a very good shot of helping people avoid Legionnaire's disease. Now, let's face it, we're always going to have Legionella bacteria, but when we know about what it is, how it becomes Legionnaire's disease, and help all the people that are involved in the building ownership, people that take care of the building, people that do the water treatment, people that do the testing, people that write the plans, all of those people, if we are a conduit to get everybody working together, I think we have such a good chance if we can't eliminate Legionnaire's disease, we can get really close to making it where people don't have to suffer with Legionnaire's disease because we're doing all these things and it's going to minimize the number of people that will get sick from Legionella bacteria. So with that, I, I hope that makes sense and I hope that lit a fire under you. Let's face it. To prevent Legionella, it is not up to us water treaters. In fact, we probably have the least amount of what we can do out of everybody in the entire process. Now, ironically, we're expected to know the most and to do the most. Well, folks, we can't do anything because we don't own that building. We do not own that equipment. It's up to the people that own that to make those decisions, to act on that, to execute those plans. And so many times they don't understand that. And by default, it falls back to the water treater. So this is something I think we can definitely end. Here's what we can end. That people don't understand that a proper water treatment program does not include Legionella prevention. Those are two totally separate things. A proper water treatment program makes sure that that system is running as efficient as it most possibly can, and it will last as long as it possibly can. It has nothing to do with Legionella bacteria. Now, somebody's listening and say, but Trace, I've heard you say the four legs of water treatment is corrosion control, scale control, microbial control, and dirt and debris. And hey, Legionella bacteria is a microbe. Okay, well, you are right. But let's look at what a water treatment program does. 
It simply makes sure that we do not make the system work harder than it needs to, so it's more expensive to run, efficiency, and we wanna make sure that that system can last as long as it possibly can. It is not to eradicate a very specific species of bacteria. So I think if we do a good job as industrial water treaters, explaining that to our clients, letting them know that we have information that they need to know, but it's up to them to act on it. I think we are going to take a really big stab of that very big statement that our member of the Scaling Up Nation asked me about. When you think about it, we have so many topics that we industrial water treaters are expected to be knowledgeable about. Legionella is just one of them. So it's my hope you can hear the passion that I have for learning in my voice. It's my hope that you can hear the passion that I have for our industry, water treatment, in my voice. And it's my hope that that is an infection in 2020 that you do want to catch. And you will start, if you're not already, trying to learn something new every day. But hey, don't just learn it, teach it. Another question from a Scaling Up H2O listener asked about the webinars that we did over the stay-at-home orders. And let's face it, folks, we did not know what was going on when we got stay-at-home orders. We did not know how our companies were going to do. We didn't know how we were going to service our customers. There were so many questions about that. Now, myself, when I have questions, I look at how I can devour information. And I've told you several times that in addition to myself starting the Rising Tide Mastermind, I myself have been a member of a mastermind for just about 10 years. And because of that, I have gained such a network of professionals that I can reach out to and I can ask them questions about what's going on with this stuff. Of course, nobody knew what was going on with the pandemic, so to speak, because we've never experienced before. But I had people I could reach out to for HR. I had people I could reach out to for finance. I had people that I could reach out to to ensure the things that I was doing was having a positive effect on the people that work here, on the people that listen to me on the podcast, you know, how was I making sure that I had an uplifting message? And I can go on and on and on and on about all the people that are in my network that helped me through the pandemic. Well, of course, what we did, Scaling Up H2O partnered with the Rising Tide Mastermind, and we hosted 13 webinars on a whole host of topics to help us all deal with how we get through the pandemic. And then of course, now months later, we're still getting through the pandemic, but hey, you know what? We did it, we're doing it, we're getting smarter as we're going through it. And the information that we had back then, it's still true today, but of course we're getting more information to make it even better. So all of that is so I can set up our question from a Scaling Up H2O 
Nation member, and they want to know a question about a webinar that I did back during that time. And by the way, if you want to see those webinars, you can go to scalinguph2o.com, go to our resources page, and you can see all the webinars that we did there. And hey, thank you so much for all the people that told me that that was just what they needed. They were able to get some great advice and that allowed them to make some better decisions. So here's the question from the Scaling Up Nation member. His question is about the webinar that we did on Zoom conference calls. And he wants to know, how do you actually test to make sure all your stuff works and basically do a mock Zoom call before the actual call. So if you have not seen that webinar, I gave you about 20 tips that I've learned over the years of using Zoom. You can find that on the resources page. Um, but you can also listen to it because I turned it into a podcast. That was episode 142. And my recommendation on episode 142 on the webinar is that you test all your stuff before you go live in front of an audience. Do you want to know that you have something that's not appropriate in your background? Well, what are people going to see in your framed background? You can try that out. Is your internet connection strong enough to do video? Try it out. Is your microphone working? Is your video working? Do you have good lighting? All that stuff you should have already had tested, fixed, and working before you log on to your actual Zoom call. Well, folks, here's how you do that. So with Zoom, simply go to zoom.us forward slash test, and they've got a mock call set up for you. You can test all your equipment, you can try your internet connection. You can share your screen and look at your processor usage on the Zoom settings. You can do all of that stuff to make sure that you are having the best conference call on Zoom that you can. Now, Zoom is the one that I'm most familiar with, so that's the only one that I can speak of, but that was the one that episode 142 was on. So there you go, Scaling Up Nation member, zoom.us forward slash test. Another Scaling Up Nation member wants to know what my favorite Scaling Up H2O episode is. Well, uh, that is a hard, hard question. I can definitely tell you which episode is my least favorite, and that's number one. I recently did an episode where I encourage people to go back and listen to episode one because I truly think I've improved over 150-something episodes. And because of that, I hope that shows you that when we try something new, we're not expected to be good at it. But if we keep practicing, just like our jobs as industrial water treaters, I'm hoping you try something new each and every day. And if you refine it each and every day, imagine the impact that you are going to make on our industry. Okay, totally avoiding the question, right? So tough question. I'm not sure I really have an answer for you. I really can't think of one that I think is above the others. I'm very fond of all the episodes. 
I love the guests that come on Scaling Up H2O. So many people are willing to freely share their knowledge to let us know how we can do something different, how we can do something better, or just simply inspire us to do better. So uh, it's hard for me to choose any of those. But when I do think back on an experience and all the emotions that come with recording an episode, I can answer your question that way. And that would, without a doubt, be episode 92. Now, this was the episode where I share my entire experience from start to finish on how I did my TED Talk. And for those of you that did not listen to that episode, I encourage you to go listen to it because I did not know what I was doing. It was a totally new subject for me as far as how to do a TED Talk. I listen to TED Talks all the time, but I never did one myself. And doing a TED Talk was so far out of my comfort level. And I really got nervous when I was preparing the TED Talk, when I had to deliver some of the test run-throughs of the TED Talk, and especially when I got up there on center stage and I started to deliver what I was going to say. The TED Talk was definitely one of the most emotional episodes I did. Uh, there was so much covered in it. One, uh, I'd always wanted to speak at Tim Fulton's Small Business Matters Conference, and uh, I was kind of hinting around that. And I asked him how many speakers he had. Did he have enough speakers? He said, yep, we got it all covered. And then he came back to it and he said, well, Trace, why do you ask? And I said, well, I've always wanted to speak at your conference. And he said, Trace, I made a mistake. We have one opening available. And he made an opening just for me. If that didn't add extra pressure, but it just shows how great a relationship that Tim and I have and the fact that he was willing to give me a shot on something that I have never done, on something that he holds so valuable. I mean, this is his annual conference, and he really knocks it out of the park each and every year. So I had a little pressure for that. Of course, I had to learn the format. I had to make sure that I was bringing everybody from one location and making sure that they followed with me all the way through my story, and then ended the story with some actual handles that they could do from my talk. Folks, again, this was brand new to me. I actually worked with a speaking coach during this process. And folks, I got to tell you, if you have never done that, he helped me learn how to better lay out outlines, come up with thoughts, how to organize those thoughts, how to do exactly what I just said. Make sure everybody boards at a certain place. They travel along with you so they're all getting the same information that you want to convey to them. And then they leave with something that they can take home with them. I always thought I did a pretty good job at that, but because I put myself out there, I had this opportunity to work with a speaking coach and he refined all of that for me. And because of that, I think every time I speak now, I am so much better organized, so much better prepared, and so much better in general. 
But it all happened because I was willing to get out of my comfort zone. I was willing to be uncomfortable. And that's how I want to ask a question to you after I just answered this member's question with it was episode 92, which is my favorite. I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time you took yourself out of your comfort zone? And how often do you do it? How often do you do something that makes you a little bit nervous? And folks, if you're not doing that often, I am going to suggest you're not pushing yourself enough. If you get to that nervousness, if you know, wow, you know, I can mess this up. I'm well prepared for it, but I've never done it before. I'm really nervous about it, but I'm going to do it. If you can get there often, Imagine the growth that you are going to have. And imagine if you apply that growth to what you do as an industrial water treater. You know, I did it as a speaker, but I also try to do it as an industrial water treater. I got to tell you, it's a little bit more nervous when you're working on some million dollar chiller and, and, and you don't know if something's going to work or not. So I don't know how much I'm going to suggest that. But what is something that you can do that puts you outside of your comfort zone to absolutely positively guarantee that you are growing? You know, as I was speaking, I was thinking of some of the comments that I received on episode 92. And I want to thank everybody for putting comments out on the podcast. Now, for iTunes anyway, uh, comments is the way that iTunes boost ratings within the iTunes service. If you use another podcast provider, you can leave comments there. That helps us as well. But you might not have thought about it. But if you could take a second and leave a comment on your podcast player, that really does help boost the awareness of who sees our podcast. I'm very happy to say that we are well over 10,000 listeners in 72 countries. Folks, that is amazing to me. And I think about all the people that one wrote in that wanted to know personal stuff about the show or wanted to know things about me. And I think about how people tell me that this podcast has helped them do some of the things that we are talking about on this very show. So if you can help me with those comments, that helps us get our podcast in front of more people, and that helps us help more water treaters. You know, this has nothing to do with any question that anybody asks me, but it's on my mind, so I'm going to talk about it. And if you guys don't like that, well, hey, get your own show, right? No, I promise you're going to find this interesting. So a couple of months ago, I was speaking with a friend of mine. And he was talking about putting solar on his office. And he did it last year. And he just had a great experience. He's getting pretty much his entire electric bill paid for. And he was sharing all of these items with me. Well, I was thinking everything I heard was really too good to be true. You know, solar's been out there for a while. You know, why aren't more people doing it? If all this was so good, then everybody would have solar on their buildings. So the first call that I made was to my CPA. 
And I asked her some questions and she said, Trace, he's exactly right. Now, last year he was able to take 30% of the entire investment and write it off. She said, this year, if you do it in 2020, you could take 26% and that goes down again next year. So right there, a 26% right off the top that you get to write off, that was pretty intriguing. But that wasn't the only thing she told me. She told me that I could depreciate the entire asset in one year. Folks, solar is like a 25 or 30 year asset. You can do it all in one year. And the fact that I didn't take advantage of this 10 years ago, well, folks, the technology is just so incredible right now. The footprint's smaller, they produce more. I don't feel bad about that. I think this is really the right time. So that really intrigued me. So I talked to a friend of mine that knows a lot about solar. He sent me a barrage of web pages. I started researching all of this stuff, and I am convinced that putting solar on our building is absolutely the right thing to do for so many reasons. I'm going to admit, the first one are the tax reasons. The second one is we are dramatically going to cut our electric bill. But folks, when I started reading about how much we can save as far as resources by putting solar on a facility, I was amazed. Now, I know water goes into making the solar panels, but when you look into how much water you can save by making your own electricity and then allowing that water to be used someplace else, it was really astonishing how much water you could save. And I know we talk about water conservation a lot on this show. I never dreamed that solar would help us get there. And I also know we have people that listen to the show and they define green very differently. They think green is saving the planet. Well, folks, if that's what you think, great, it does that. Other people think green is how much money I've got to pay in order to buy these resources. Well, folks, the less you have to buy, the more green you have to save, the more green you get to put in your pocket. So I don't think we need to have that argument. We all wanna pay less and we all wanna use less. This is an option for us to do. So I'm just so excited about all this information and I've done all this research. All of this to say that I am going to do an episode letting the Scaling Up Nation know what I found out about solar. And I think you're going to be just as surprised as I am. And if you do it within the next year or so, you get to take advantage of the tax benefits that are available out there. Of course, I'm talking to our U.S. listeners, but I'm sure there's probably some other plans out there for other countries where you're listening to this podcast as well. So more to come on that, and that show will be coming up in a couple of months. Again, I mentioned this in the top of the show. I'm super excited about the AWT convention. I'm excited that we are going to be exhibiting at the AWT convention this year. That's right. We purchased a virtual booth. Trace, what is a virtual booth? Well, I'm finding that answer out each and every day. But I'll tell you what we are doing. 
is we are trying to connect with everybody that goes to the convention. We want people to know that there is a free podcast out there that you can listen to, to and from accounts where you can advance your water treatment skills, where you can get encouraged to try something new, where you just get so pumped and excited you can't wait to service your next account. I hope there are some people out there that get that because I know I do when I listen to this show. So we want to let people know that that resource is available out there for them. We also want to thank all the people in the Scaling Up Nation. Folks, we would not be able to do what we do without all of you fine folks listening to this podcast. So we're going to share some things about the show, about the website that you may not know. And these are also free resources that you can use to enhance what you're doing as an industrial water treater. We're also going to talk about the Rising Tide Mastermind. And I know you hear me talk about the Rising Tide Mastermind on just about every show, but still people have questions about what it is. They want to know what a mastermind is. So we are going to answer those questions. If you visit our booth, we will explain what a mastermind is and you will hear some of the experiences that actual Rising Tide Mastermind members have, and hopefully you can relate to some of them. And if you feel you wanna learn more about the Rising Tide Mastermind, you can set up an appointment with me and we can talk about it. Now folks, my goal in life is not to get rich and retire off of the Rising Tide Mastermind. My goal in life is to make the water treatment industry better. And I have seen firsthand how the people that have joined the Rising Tide Mastermind are no longer on an island. They have an entire boardroom of people that they can discuss issues with, that they can help hold themselves accountable to. And it has just been fantastic to facilitate that and to be part of that. Believe me, they're holding me responsible as well. And it's a difficult concept to explain in the short time that we have on the podcast. So I'm hoping you'll stop by the booth to learn more about the Rising Tide Mastermind. And the last thing that we're gonna be doing at the booth As you realize, we are taking advertisers on Scaling Up H2O, and our advertisers really allow us to take Scaling Up H2O to the next level. We've been able to bring on staff members because of the revenue that we get from advertisers, but we're also doing things like enhancing the webpage. We're doing things, I don't know if you noticed a couple months ago, my sound got a lot better. We improved some of our recording equipment. So we are reinvesting so you are getting a better experience when you listen to the podcast. So if you have a product or service that you feel would be applicable to the professional water treater, it might be a good idea for you to advertise on Scaling Up H2O. And we're going to have some information at our booth to see if it's a win-win for both parties. 
And I don't know if you know this, but in order for somebody to advertise on Scaling Up H2O, it has to be a product that I truly believe will enhance something in a water treater's life. Now, some of the products I've used, some of the products I haven't used, but I can definitely see the potential. If it meets that criteria, then it is an acceptable product to come on Scaling Up H2O. Now, I will say that we've had a handful of people contact us and we just didn't see that connection and we didn't think it was a good idea. So we did not enter into a contract with them for them to advertise on Scaling Up H2O. So a little bit of something for everybody at the Scaling Up H2O booth. Please stop by and visit us and I would love to see you. We're gonna have some live sessions there. Speaking of sessions, I'm so excited about AWT. It's one of my favorite things. Normally I get to see everybody, but since I can't see you this year, I will see some of you virtually, but I am also going to be doing some things to keep the excitement where I know I have to have it. And one of the exciting things that I'm doing is I am doing a presentation with Scranton Associates, Jill Cavano. And Jill runs, I would call it a blending company, but they do so much more than just blend. I mean, they are a true partner when it comes to that side of the business. She's going to be talking about her experiences when it came to the stay-at-home orders and everything that we have to do with COVID-19, everything that we continue to do and learn about COVID-19. I'm going to be doing the same thing from my point of view as a water treatment company owner. So it's gonna be us talking about some of the things that we learned, but it's also going to be joined by experts. We're gonna hear from an HR expert to make sure that we weren't only doing the things back then we were supposed to be doing, but now we're keeping current and doing the things we need to do now to keep our businesses open, to make sure that we're saying the right things to our customers. We're gonna be talking to a financial expert about recovery and some of the plans that are out there. And we're gonna be talking with somebody that's gonna make sure that we stay positive through all this COVID-19 stuff. Folks, we don't know where the end date is. We do not know what that looks like, but we can do something about what we carry in our minds and how we share that with other people. And my friend Austin is going to help us with that. So that's going to be one of the presentations that Jill and I are doing. So please make sure that you watch that. Now, here's the most awesome thing about the convention being virtual. It will be played at a certain time, but let's say you can't make it. It doesn't matter. You can watch it any time you like and I'll even have a link to it from our booth. So if you can't find it on the schedule, you'll be able to find it there. And I promise we have been prepping for this. We've got great guests on. You are going to love this presentation. So I hope you enjoy that. And I hope you've registered for the AWT virtual event. If you haven't, go to awt.org and you can still register. You can register multiple people and it brings the price way down. But please, 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 if you are attending the AWT virtual convention, 
please stop by and see us at the Scaling Up H2O booth. Now, my last question that I'm choosing out of the Scaling Up mailbag is about Trace. What book are you reading now? And I know I talk about this book a lot, and I know you think that I'm not telling the truth. I don't read it that often, but I really, truly am reading The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's an old favorite of mine. I've read it dozens of times, and I promise every time I read it, I get something else out of it. Well, currently right now, you might be saying, okay, Trace, why are you reading this for the 411th time? Well, it, it hasn't been that long, first of all, but I'm reading it because that is the book that the Rising Tide Mastermind is reading together as a group. And it's more than just reading it. So I'm bringing all the tools that I have when I teach the seven habits. I'm making sure that I explain the content. All the members are getting together. And because of that, we're getting so much more than simply just reading the book. So of course, I'm facilitating through the book. I'm leading some of the discussions, but also other members are leading discussions. We're asking questions to make sure we truly understand what Dr. Covey is trying to convey. We're then looking at our personal and business situations and seeing how we can apply that information. And we're holding each other accountable that we don't at least read it we actually do something with it. Folks, I have read this book several times. I have worked with a lot of people with seven habits in the background, but I have to tell you, this by far has been my favorite experience in reading and working with the seven habits of highly effective people. The folks in the mastermind are really getting into it. They're really enjoying it. They're pushing me for more information, which means I really have to bone up to know what I'm talking about. And I'm learning more because of that. I can see results in other mastermind members of things that they're doing. Uh, we've got a set of cards where uh, we will send out and ask members to focus on a particular area during a day. And then people come back and they'll comment on that. And people are just doing tremendous things that is making them move the needle in their personal life, on their business life. And it's just so very exciting for me to see it. So I would say that the book that we are reading now, and you, now you know why we are reading it, but it's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Folks, if you have not read this book, well, one, you can join the Rising Tide Mastermind. And, and let, let me say, it's not just you join the Rising Tide Mastermind. You have to do an interview. You have to, I'm gonna say pass that interview because if you're not committed to be a part of that group, so you bring that group higher as being a member of it, well, folks, you're not gonna be able to become a member of that group. And it's not, it's not membership for everybody and it's not for everybody. Some people think what I'm talking about is just horrible and that's okay. But if you do join relatively soon, you would be able to experience how we're doing the seven habits of highly effective people. And I'm willing to bet that after we read maybe another dozen books or so, we'll probably circle back to the seven habits because again, there's just so much to get out of it. 
but you don't have to be a member of the Rising Tide Mastermind to read the book. You can read the book. You can get a lot out of it. Heck, you can go to Audible and you can listen to The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Truth be told, I have listened to Dr. Covey a lot more than I have read Dr. Covey. And if you don't have an Audible account, you can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash Audible. I can get you a free month. I can get that Seven Habits book for you for free and you can start listening. So I hope that inspires you to read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I hope that didn't disappoint you where you were hoping for some brand new book by asking that question. And I gave you the same book that I always say that I recommend. So folks, as I said, this was going to be a lighter show. This was going to be the audience connecting with me, asking me some questions, me letting you know about some personal things that I'm doing, some things that we're doing with the Scaling Up team, what you can expect with us at the AWT convention. So I want to thank all the people that asked questions that allowed me to put on this episode. So I also want to thank everybody for telling others that there is an industrial water treatment podcast out there. I would not see the numbers of downloads that we get each and every week if it were not for the people of the Scaling Up Nation letting other water treaters know that there is a podcast for them. So I want to thank you for that. That is huge. I want to thank you for all the people that have left comments on either iTunes or their favorite podcast player for us. As I mentioned, that really helps us with ratings. That gets us more in front of new people, and that grows the Scaling Up Nation. I want to thank you for being a part of the Scaling Up Nation. And I am Trace Blackmore. I am super excited about hopefully seeing so many of you at the upcoming convention. I'm excited about what the future is going to bring. I'm excited about the shows that we have planned as we end 2020. And I'm excited to bring you a brand new episode next week. So in the meantime, keep scaling up on your knowledge so you don't scale up your systems. And as always, have a great week, folks. On episode 136, we gave you an inside look at what happens in the Rising Tide Mastermind. Friend of show Mark Lewis was asked why he joined the Rising Tide Mastermind, and here is his reply. When the Mastermind group was introduced, I said, let me get in on this thing. I want to be a part of this. I want to learn how to be more productive and uh, make my days to where I can enjoy my family time and separated from my work time. And so I like what Trace does. And so I said, I want to be, I want to do things a lot like Trace. So let me, let me figure out what he's doing. So that's why I joined the group. Mark, thanks so much for your comment. And I really appreciate that you like how I handle things and get things done. But I have to fess up. Here's the secret. I've had a lot of help being able to negotiate all of the different tasks that I'm asked to do and make sure that they get done. And that wasn't all me. That was because I decided years ago, almost 10 years ago, 
to join a mastermind group. And I've been meeting with that group on a regular basis since that time. Now, what we do on that group is the same thing we're doing in the Rising Tide Mastermind. We are helping each other get further faster. We're helping each other with our issues. We're giving each other tools that maybe the other person doesn't have. And we're letting each other ask each other for help. And we're giving help. Folks, that's what a mastermind is all about. And I truly feel that we are not built to do life alone. And the secret to being successful is getting with people that can help you to that success. I urge you to see if the Rising Tide Mastermind is right for you. Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind to learn more and if this group is right for you, please schedule an appointment with me. If this group is not right for you, please find one that is. Again, we are not built to do life alone.